0: Hey, welcome back. So is a nitty-gritty episode about panic attacks. So I've been told by several doctors that I don't really exhibit typical panic attacks. Um, I would say a typical panic attack is like feeling you're about to die, being short of breath, feeling your heart racing, possibly sweaty or clammy, nauseous, um, things of that nature. Um, so I have a couple of those things, but I think the best way to talk about my panic attacks, to talk about it at their extreme, however, I do want to say that they do have a spectrum of panic attacks be, going from like mild to moderate to extreme. But basically, if I talk about the extreme, I can kind of like dial it down and tell you like how it gets to moderate or how it's at mild. So let's talk about worst case scenario and then move on from there. So, like I said, this is obviously, you know, panic attack level 10, okay? So, at this point, um, I'm definitely shaking. Um, Not as bad as a seizure, um, but it's something that I can't control. Like, I can't physically stop myself from shaking. So, I'm shaking. Like, my whole body is shaking. Um, Depending on the situation, but I would say more than likely, um, I'm pretty hot. Um, Not enough to be sweating, but definitely enough to, like, you know, need, like, a fan on me. Um, it, I could also be cold, but those are, that's very rare. So typically hot, um, 100% nauseous, 100%, not an inkling of any sort of feeling good. Um, I'm always pacing. You'll never see me like sitting down having a panic attack. I'm always walking around, going here and there, looking for things. Um, and like I said, I suffer from emetophobia. So being nauseous during a panic attack is like the worst of all the worlds. So um, there are things that I personally do, so it's probably counterintuitive, but I'm always chewing gum. And if you knew me back in high school, um, you know I was always the person with gum. That wasn't by accident, that's because I literally always need to have gum. so <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a good habit or a bad habit, but... It definitely kind of eases my anxiety I don't know why um, it's also a good indicator um, if I'm able to chew gum that that doesn't put me into the extreme panic attack level because um, typically if I'm at an extreme panic attack I can't even chew gum um, I also cannot speak I won't be able to talk to you I need to keep my mouth closed um, and shockingly Um, I'm usually far away from a bathroom. I don't like being in, I'll be in like the walk-in closet, but I won't actually be in the bathroom, bathroom. Um, and, uh, it's really hard to concentrate on anything. Like I can't really play a game. I can't really watch a TikTok video. I can't really watch my favorite show. Like my, my mind is racing. I'm trying to think of everything I've eaten, if I've taken enough medication, um, really going through everything i can trying to chew gum um this is actually just a tip if you're ever nauseous um if you get one of those like alcohol wipes that you kind of rub on uh, like you know uh, before you kind of put a band-aid on um if you smell those it actually helps reduce your nausea as well um that's just kind of like a surgery tip that i've gotten over the years so i usually am smelling like um, alcohol wipes um And that's legit. You can look that one up. Um, I try to put on essential oils, um, anything of that nature. And like I said, it's horrible. And these panic attacks could last anywhere from like 30 minutes to like four hours. Um, I really, I would say one of, I know for sure one of the longest panic attacks I've had was for five hours. Um, And it was at that extreme level for a few hours of those five hours. Um, Not one of my favorite memories by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so they definitely vary. Um, I usually know though, I have a couple of medications like anti-anxiety medications along with anti-emetics, which is anti-nausea medication. And typically if I can get it under control within an hour, that kind of definitely puts my body at ease and I can sort of get into a more a relaxed state. But if my medication also isn't working, then it's even harder to bring myself down because I'm like, oh my gosh, that must mean I'm really sick or really nauseous or like something's wrong because my medicine's not working. Um, And I should also put in there a huge problem I have is that I actually haven't gotten sick myself in about 16 years. So when I say nausea, I don't know what that really means. Like there are times when I feel worse than others. So I assume that nausea. But I think even a probably a typical stomachache for someone would be like nausea in my case Uh because I take everything as an SOS that something is 100% wrong. Like it's just like there's no gray area. It's like 100% I'm going to get sick or I'm 100% not going to get sick. There's just no in between for me um, which is very difficult. So. Definitely don't like having those type of panic attacks. I, they've definitely reduced, especially over the past year, they've definitely reduced thanks to kind of like therapy and sort of like catching things before they sort of spiral off into the deep end. Um, so I would say probably the biggest difference between like an extreme one and a moderate one is that I'm not shaking. Like once I start shaking, it's game over. I know we're in really bad territory. Um but usually a moderate one, I'm still chewing gum. Possibly at a moderate one, I could maybe like watch TikTok or walk, like put on my favorite show in the background. Maybe I'm not pacing as much. Uh, maybe the alcohol lifes are working a little bit better than they usually are. My medicine's kicking in a little bit sooner. So kind of like I'm catching it early and I would say like a mild one is I, I feel nauseous, not like 100% nauseous, but like my stomach does not feel good. And sort of like my head is like kind of like spiraling and going with my thoughts, but I'm not shaking. um I'm not really hot. Like I don't have like the physical stuff. Like I just kind of feel nauseous and my brain is sort of going. And I have sort of realized that if I can kind of catch myself at that mild stage and sort of like bring it back and figure out, okay, let's kind of digest this and see what could else be going on instead of being sick, um, that definitely helps. So, um, I've definitely, but you have to, like I said, in my, um, about my therapy, um, you have to really know yourself and all of the things that contribute to your anxiety to be able to know when to catch those things because it, it can be very tricky uh, because your brain is telling you one thing, but then the other part of your brain is like, okay, before you get to your unrational self, let's while we have some rationality, let's think about this for a second. Uh, but it's sometimes that, that flip from mild to moderate to extreme happens very quickly and you can't catch it. So it's not as simple as, oh, well, like everything just, it's like a graduate. So sometimes it hits you like like a ton of bricks. And you're like, oh my God, we're already at level 10. So I can't even, I have to ride this one out now. I can't even, I don't have time to even catch it to stop it. So um, it's definitely difficult. Um, it's something that I've really, I would say for the past um, eight years, really, really struggled with. Like probably like my second year of college is when they started. And they've definitely um increased um over the years. Like they they kinda go in like, you know, um hills and valleys type of thing, like in a graph. So there are some kind of months or years where it's better than others and sometimes when it's just not very good at all. Um but I sort of just take it day by day and just sort of take the day as it comes because I just can't I can't think in advance. I just I'm not very good at that. Um And this kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, Something that I wanted to talk about, I don't think it really warrants a whole entire podcast, but my memory and this, like my panic attacks and my phobia all go hand in hand. Like my memory, I hate it sometimes. Like Like I can't tell you what I ate for dinner last Wednesday, but I can tell you that when I was in eighth grade, okay, I was at a soccer game and my dad picked me up. And he told me a story where he was like, yeah, I felt really bad. Then I ate an apple and I felt better. But then like 30 minutes later, I got sick. Now I think now every time that I don't feel good, but then like I feel, I start to feel better and I feel hungry. I think about that story and I'm like, what if it happens like my dad, that story probably happened over 20 years ago, 20 years ago. And I still think about, well, maybe not 20, at least 15 years ago. That's what comes into my head. Another example, my mom told me I wasn't even there to witness this, not even there to witness it. So I don't know, I was maybe like 10. So now we're talking, now we're at the 20 year mark uh, almost. Uh, Where my mom's like, yeah, one time my coworker got me a strawberry milkshake from Dairy Queen. And I had one of the most violent food poisonings I've ever had in my life. So every time I eat a strawberry or drink a milkshake, I think of that story about my mom. Didn't happen to me. I didn't witness it. I heard it like a secondhand account and it still popped into my mind. Um, Another great example. Um, One time, I don't remember my age exactly, but prior to sixth grade, um, it was the middle of the night. I got a glass of water and then I got really sick. Like, I threw up all over the kitchen floor. So now every time it's like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night and I want to drink of water, I am paranoid and think I'm going to get sick after I take this drink. Like even before I take it, I could be perfectly fine. Great day. I'm thinking, oh, no. See, this happened 20 years ago. So it's probably going to happen again. Like, it's like, why? How can you remember that? Are you kidding me? Like if you like I... If you tell me a story about a restaurant you went to that you got sick from, I won't go to the restaurant anymore. Like, <laughs> I, I have so many of these stupid stories. Like, one time, th- this one is probably one of my favorites. One time, my brother-in-law, he uh, worked at Domino's with my husband, Keenan, and he told his boss that he got food poisoning from Olive Garden. That was just to get out of work. That didn't even happen, and I'm still terrified to go to Olive Garden because of a fake story that my brother-in-law told his employer that didn't even happen. I'm like, oh my, I think it happened, like, like it didn't happen on that occasion, but it it had happened to him in the past, but not even that occasion that that I'm talking about. So it's like, oh my, do you see how my brain plays tricks with me and how it's just super annoying? I just have so many, like, these really, like, What what an obscure story to remember and to still affect me 10 years later. God knows how many years later. Like there are certain foods I can't eat because they've gotten me sick. There's even a certain movie I can't watch because I got sick when I watched it. Um, That's another reason why I'm terrified I've gotten better over the years but why I'm really nervous about watching anything I truly love or enjoy while I'm having a really bad panic attack because if I do get sick I don't want that negative association because I have held things for 20 plus years thinking oh man if that ha-, like that happened it didn't doesn't even have to happen to me for me to be like oh man I it kind of like sort of like taboo now um It's absolutely crazy. I've definitely challenged some of those things over the years, but um, I still get a little bit scared every time I put on The Office when I'm not feeling good because I'm like, okay, please, I can't have this ruined. This is my favorite show of all time. But I just wanted to mention that. I don't know if anyone else has these, like, just, like, my memory is not super great, but I can remember the most obscure thing about any food-related thing you tell me. It's kind of maddening, um, and it's really annoying, and it really plays in my brain a lot, kind of, like, on repeat. So I'm sure that sort of plays into my panic attacks. Like, a lot of the time when I feel really sick, I go into those moments where I actually got sick, and then I sort of convince myself that this is the same kind of sickness I try to sometimes convince myself that this isn't the same kind, but it usually backfires against me. So like every time I feel sick, I'm instantly like my brain is in a different place. I'm thinking about all the other times I've gotten sick Um, and it doesn't help the situation whatsoever. So that's sort of uh, just a little bit, a little sliver of what goes on in my brain. So be thankful. You don't have to live inside this noggin because it is exhausting at times. Like sometimes that's why I want to be more open with my mental health because it's no fun to live in silence and I I think a lot of people think that they live in this sort of like isolated like arena in their mind that like no one else could relate but I think you'd be surprised at how many people can relate and that's why I want to I want people to like be like super excited when they accomplish even the smallest of tasks because you may think, wow, you're eating lunch today, like whoop you doo but that could be a big deal for someone, for someone like me, for someone going through an eating disorder, for someone going through binge eating, like, um, or anything, someone who suffers from OCD and maybe didn't wash your hands, maybe only washed your hands twice as opposed to five times, like any sort of thing where someone is challenging, like directly challenging what their brain is telling them not to do should be celebrated, and it shouldn't be like, oh, like, you know, I just... difficult and I'll end with this and I think this is the reason why I sort of wanted to be a little bit more open about sort of my journey because Dr. Phil um, not maybe the best show to watch but they had someone on recently that had hematophobia and I was sickened with the comments on Facebook like absolutely sickened Um, I only commented once because it just it made me so angry um, you know this girl was really you know suffering from her emetophobia like just couldn't get out of bed like it was really difficult to work really difficult for her to get in cars like it is an all-consuming type of phobia you know when she was you know she wanted to raise awareness about it because at least when I remember emetophobia it, it's it used to be in the top five phobia, like most common phobias. I'm not sure if it's still the case. It's definitely in the top 10 still, but um, definitely uh, it used to be in the top five. So it's honestly a really common phobia. that A lot of people don't talk about. A lot of people feel a lot of shame for it because a lot of people say, well, no one likes getting sick. Yeah. Duh. Obviously. I don't think anyone likes getting bit by a snake either, but it's a difference between like, oh, I don't like getting sick to like having your whole world revolve around something that doesn't even happen you know like it's all these like made up scenarios in your head that you assume is going to happen that never actually come to fruition but your brain has convinced you that that is indeed what's going to happen every single day so it's it's a slightly different and there's a um you know uh just just a difference between you know oh no one likes getting sick to no i have a literally a debilitating fear about getting sick Um, but there was one comment, which I definitely want to make that comment known is that one person commented, um, you know, try going through stage four breast cancer. Now that's scary. And I had to comment. I was like, as a cancer survivor and an amputee, (laughs) um, I have to say that my emetophobia journey is much more difficult, at least in my case, than my cancer journey, because I feel like physical illnesses are taken a lot more seriously than mental illness because, if you don't have this mental illness or don't have empathy towards mental illness, it's easy to shrug it off and be like, you know, just be positive or don't think about it or, you know, relax, do self-care. Like, it's not that simple. Those words sound great, but in execution, it does. it's not a cure-all. That doesn't solve the problem. Um, it may help you during one panic attack, but... This is an every day, all day challenging, like literally going against the wind, going against the grain of everything that, you know, your body is telling you both like mentally and physically. Like it's sometimes it's hard to, you know, I don't know, but that one really set me off because that's like a competition of like, well, how could you possibly think if your life, your life is hard when I've been through this, that doesn't, it's tomato and potatoes that that's nothing, That's nothing to do with me. Like you can go through a different journey, like that's. I, I know people. I I've had this te- you know happen to me a couple of times. Like people you know are coming to me talking to them about their problems, which are valid problems. But they're like, oh man, like I don't want to talk to you. Like you've been through so much. That that doesn't negate the fact that you're going through a time right now. Like I don't like this competition of like the trouble Olympics that you know or the struggle Olympics. Who has it worse? Well. I've been through cancer. Well, yeah, but I'm an amputee. Well, I'm an above the knee the amputee You know, we could go on for days. Um, Like, so I just want people to understand that you can go through mental illness, and that can be a big deal, and it is a big deal. Any accomplishment you do have should be celebrated, and it shouldn't be stigmatized, and it should be talked about. And you shouldn't feel ashamed because I feel like more people go through it than what people are willing to share because it's so... It makes you feel so weak, you know, like, man, like my brain is controlling me. Like I can't get out of bed today or I can't eat today or I can't go to the bathroom today. And that's really, really hard (laughs) Um, because you want to be functioning. You want to be like this, you know, happy persona you maybe put on your social media, but sometimes or even maybe most of the time you don't feel like that. And that's a hard pill to swallow. That's a really hard pill to swallow. So anyway, that's my ramble about whatever I just rambled about. But let me stop here and I will catch you guys on the flippity flop. Bye.